One of the greatest things that will ever happen to you on this earth is for you to get your prayers answered. If you don't know anything on the planet, if you know nothing, I would rather know how to pray than to have a college education. I would rather know how to pray than to be rich because I can get money. So one of the greatest benefits that Jesus died to give you was the ability to walk in the throne room of God and to get your prayers answered. All right, now I'm going to preach a sermon today. Pop it up on the screen. I am revival. Now, that may sound a little odd to you. I am. You should say, I am a revival. And I want to talk to you for a minute about something that happens. Oh, we forgot the cards. We'll do it at the end. Something that happens that's happening in the body of Christ today. And it's more predominant than you know. And one of the things that we have, the great benefit that we have, is that now we can pull up a pad and be in any church in America and be in any worship service in America and hear anybody worshiping and singing God. That's a good thing. It's also not. Because many Christians are, are going in places that are, that are not good. Now, I'm not here to preach against anything. I'm not against. I'm for. But the other day, I'm on my pad, and someone sent me something on Facebook. And it was a wonderful, beautiful worship service. People are worshiping God. And then people from Word of Life are like, awesome, yeah, amen. And the song that they were singing was pure 100% junk. And it was a beautiful song. And I'm sitting there watching this and I'm going, I do not, I, I almost can't believe, but it's so subtle that you don't really realize what's happening. And the people in the building we're praying for God to come. That's wrong. He already came. Now that may sound to you like, what's the big deal? I know there's a move of God. There is. We're going to talk about that. But there's something very deadly about you fighting your battle from defeat. You are not a sinner singing kumbaya, Jesus. Now, evangelistic meetings were designed for sinners, not you. Now, the problem is, is a lot of times nobody's taught you and you subtly get into it. And you're fighting and you're struggling and you're, and you're waiting and you're standing and you're believing and nothing's happening and you don't know why. And you've gotten caught up in a movement that everybody's sitting around waiting on God to come and singing. And, 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 and let me go ahead and dive out there 100%. I'm hungry for you. I'm desperate for you. Well, then get saved. Don't shout me down. I'm not against songs. I'm not against worship. We're going to talk about the real way to conduct a worship service, the real way to enter his presence in just a moment. But before I do, I want to go back over a scripture in the Bible because I've got to bring you back 
to who you are and what you have. We don't fight from defeat. We fight all battles from victory. All right. Now, having said that, we're not trying to get healed, blessed, and even get a prayer answered. All of this is wrong. So Acts 3.1, and let's, I'm going to read to you today from a Bible called the Reversed Translation. Now, I don't own one, but I've actually been to Zondervan, and I've been to different bookstores, and I've gone in. I've actually done this. And I've gone in, and I've asked the attendant, I would like a copy of the reversed translation. And they'd say, well, I've never heard of it. And I said, well, I have neither, but the preachers on the radio are using one. Because it's saying stuff that's not in my Bible, so I know... Are y'all out there? I'm kind of making fun, but, but I want you to catch up on the fact that sometimes it's not, the enemy of God is not bad, the enemy of, of God is good. In other words, almost there, but not quite right. That's deadlier than just wicked. You know better than wicked, but maybe you don't know better than just good. All right, so, so let's, I want to, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing this to pick on anybody. I'm doing this because this church is never going to have a problem with having a service where God's there. And I want you to teach your kids how to get in the presence of God without a piano, music, and a, and a revival. I am a revival. And I want you to learn what that means. I want you to change the way you think. I mean, is God in you? Really? The guy that, writ- that split the Red Sea and went down into hell and came out, he's in you? Ha, ha, ha. I mean, we might want to begin acting like it. All right. Now, Acts, Acts 3. Acts 3. I'm, and remember, I'm reading from the reverse translation. Peter and John went to the temple to, in the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man was lame from his mother's womb, carried in the womb, laid daily at the gate of beautiful, called beautiful. He asked for arms, and he really wanted legs. Seeing Peter and John, I'm, making, I'm joking. Seeing Peter and John go in the temple, asked for alms, and he fixed his eyes on John, and Peter said, look at us. And he gave his attention, expecting to receive something from him, and Peter said, silver and gold, I don't have any, because I don't go to that church either. But if you want, your, if you want to be healed... We can help you. And the two of them stopped right there. And John and Peter began to pray. And Peter was the one that began. Oh, God. Oh, we got to do it right. Oh, God. Up in heaven. Thou art almighty God. And we know that you can do anything, God. And we're praying for this man to be healed, God. And oh God, if you would only just come down here, touch him on the forehead right now with your holy hand and let, oh God, oh God. And John's over there looking around. He says, John, you mean that song we sang Sunday? Sing that song one more time. Sing that. Right now we need, we need the spirit of God on this man. Sing that song one more time. Right, and John, sing it. Oh, that's not the right tune. John, sing with, come on, oh, we, is, is that what it says? Well, can we actually go back and read it? It's going to blow your mind. You ready? And Peter said, what I have, 
what you what? What I have. Not what I'm praying for. Not what I'm going to get someday in the sweet by and by. What I have right now, right here in this place, I'm going to give to you. And I'm going to notice something. I want you to just don't let it blow your mind. He never prayed for the man. What I have, the Lord Jesus Christ spent three and a half years. Yes, he came to die on a cross. And yes, he came to pay your debt. Yes, he did. Greatest work of the Lord Jesus Christ is his substitution at Calvary and his death, burial, and resurrection. We make no bones about it. That's his greatest work. But what's his second greatest work? The 11 men that he trained to do what he does. Not to teach them doctrine. Not to teach him Moses. But everywhere that he went for three and a half years, he demonstrated and then he, and he taught them, you do it this way, you do it this way, you do it this way. Let's go back to a story you've heard since you were a child and the, and the flannel graph from in nursery school. And we've, in all these years, we've said Jesus fed 5,000. Jesus never fed anybody that day. Go back and read the Bible. Peter came to him and says, they need food. And Jesus said, you feed them. Who, who's Jesus talking to? He's talking to Peter. He said, you feed them. He said, well, and John pipes up and goes, oh, it, it would take a year's wages to feed all these people. Jesus said, make them sit down. He blessed the bread. He broke one piece of bread in half and handed it to Peter. Right. Why? Peter, feed them. Do y'all get this? Peter turned around and handed it to the other 11 guys. Number 12 at that time. Judas hadn't committed Harry Carey yet. So who fed the multitude? They did. They did. What, what is he doing? Every, I mean, you go, go back and read it. Every time he's casting a devil out of somebody, and the disciples are trying to cast the devil, and they come back and go, ah, it isn't working. He goes, bring it here. And then when they leave... We're going to have a talk about this because we've gone over it and we've gone over it and we've gone over it. Why is it you can't get this devil out? So three and a half years, he's training them to do what he does. When you own a business, your business will go a whole lot better if you actually teach somebody in your business to do what you do. And you're not doing everything. When you can make an apprentice and they can do what you do, you're a successful business person. That's what Jesus came to do. And that is what the church is for. Training ground for you to do what Jesus did. Are y'all okay? Because I know I'm getting all fired up and y'all looking at me like a bunch of Episcopalians right now. So Peter is at the gate and he says, what I have I give you. Now I want to read it to you. He says... What I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, wise, wise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifting him up, and his feet and ankle bones began strength. And he leapt and stood and walked and entered the temple. Now, you know, someone said, well, he did that because he was an apostle. Well, show me that in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Jesus said, the works I do, you'll do also. Talking to everybody. As the Father sent me, so send I you. Okay. One of the problems we're having in the body of Christ today is we got a bunch of people sitting around trying to get God to come. So I've got a few scriptures for you. Look at the book of Ephesians chapter 3, 20. 
I got to build my case like a lawyer because we got to go someplace today. Now to him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the God that's up in heaven, if we could just get a hold of him, God. Help me, Jesus. Oh, help me, Jesus. See, some of y'all have missed it because you've never been to a Pentecostal prayer meeting. God, God. Come on, Jesus. Help America. Send the revival. Come on, y'all. You, you got to get out of your box one day. Let's read it again. To him who's able to do exceeding above anything you'd ask, according to what? Power where? Where is it? Where? Inside you? Looking for God? Bow your head. He's not too far away. What we're dealing with is a mindset. He's there. We're here. And we need him to come. That's wrong. That's why the church is defeated. We got, a, we got a whole nation waiting on God to move. And God's up in heaven waiting on you to move. You, do, do, how many of y'all would actually love to see a miracle? Grab a sinner and get him saved. And I'm going to tell you, God will move all over him. Say amen anyway. I want to read another one to you. Am I doing all right? I've already already plowed up all denominations and three quarters of the charismatics this morning. And I hate being the only preacher who's right. Because that smacks with pride. But anyway, it's still true. Colossians 1.27. I'm not the only one. I know that. Colossians 1.22. Them God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? Christ where? In you. I am a move of God. Do you see, is there a little difference in your thinking now? I, I, I'm, a, I'm not, I, I, don't, I don't need a revival. I am a revival. Say, I'm a revival. <laughs> I got to tell you a story, and I told it in the early service. Went down to Haiti, uh, uh, I guess it's been five years ago, uh, and I taught a Bible school in Port-au-Prince. Uh, the mayor of Port-au-Prince, Mayor Gael, was there, and his wife, she got filled with the Holy Ghost. I didn't know it was the mayor's wife. I pulled her out and made her stand up in front of everybody. Anyway. Nobody, you tell me if it's the mayor's wife sitting on the front row, please. But anyway, I went down there, and you understand that when you go to Haiti, and some of these young Haitian boys will tell you this is true, there's 43 young men and women in the class. Half of them aren't even born again. And they're in a Bible school. And they just got them off the street. And they're preaching Jesus and voodoo and... A little bit of everything. Whatever they hear, they're preaching. They don't know. So they decided to have a, have a Bible school, and they asked me to preach. My first subject, my first week, was redemption. And I preached on what Jesus did, died on the cross, and rose from the dead. Well, at the end of my class, I asked, and I said, do you care if I get them born again and filled with the Holy Ghost since half of them aren't? 
And I, they said, sure. And so I gave an altar call, and about three-quarters of them stood up and got born again. They're, they're in Bible school. They're not, they're not even saved. Now, you know they're not Pentecostal, right? They're, not, they're street kids. They're born again, and I, so I, I preached one hour on being filled with the Holy Ghost. At the end of my sermonette, I, I prayed with them, and I won't get into the whole ins and outs of it, but it was quite, quite the, the, the day. I, 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 let me just tell you this part. The, the, I think that this may have changed, but when I was there, the monthly income was $20. Is that about right? This is five years ago. So I pulled a $20 bill out of my wallet, and I asked the class, would they like to have it? Nobody said a word. They don't know why any white man would give away a month's wages. It freaked them out. And I just stood there saying, anybody want it? Finally, one girl, about four or five rows to the back on the left, kind of went, I'll take it. And I gave it to her. And everybody in the room kind of went, he's going to take it back. And I walked and I said, I'm not taking that back. And, and everybody went nuts. Because I walked by a bunch of young men that were wanting that 20. And I said, you can have it. All you have to do is take it. So I said to everybody in the room, I said, why did I give that to her? I don't know her. I said, it's not because she's good. It's because I'm good. And I just wanted to give it to her. And she's out there going. <laughs> Imagine right now somebody coming to church and giving you a month's wages. Just walk them and hand it to you. You're like, I'll take it. After I told the story, I asked them, I said, God has a gift for you. And they were ready. And I prayed for them, and I mean the Holy Ghost fell. We'll get into this. I mean, they started talking in tongues. And then, I mean, they're standing there just shaking, just, you know, and, and a 42 out of the 43. One of them has this blank look like, why didn't I get it? There's always one in every crowd. Like God's going to make me. Okay. I never was able to help him anyway. And so it kind of died down, and I thought, well, okay. And, and then it hit again. This time they jumped up, just jumping and shouting. And finally I just sat there and waited on them. And, uh, and it kind of died, kind of whoo. And I'm standing there, and, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost fell a third time. Pure pandemonium. Chairs flying People dancing in the Holy Ghost, spinning, leaping. I mean, the Holy Ghost hit that place, and those guys got so full of God. Now, why would he do that there? Go with me to Acts. Are y'all okay? Acts 10. I, gotta, I, gotta, I, got, I gotta go someplace today, and you got to get this. Acts 10. Let me just dive into the meat of it. I think you know the story. Verse 44, Peter's preaching. He went down to Cornelius' house. He had a vision. He wasn't supposed to go to the Gentiles. He went into Gentile's house. This is the first Gentile that ever get born again. Peter's not even supposed to be there because he's Jewish. 
And he said how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost power went around doing good and healing all oppressed of the devil. And in verse 40 says, 44, while Peter was speaking, the Holy Ghost fell. Does he fall? Yes. Were they Christians? No. Why did he fall? Because they're not full. I'm not against the Holy Ghost falling. I'm against you looking for him outside of you. If he's in you. Are you all out there or did you go home? These people aren't born again. These people aren't even filled with the Holy Ghost. So naturally he'd fall. Right? So, so let me back up here a minute and let me, let me go over something for a minute. And I don't mean to tick anybody off. Why are you looking for God in an evangelistic meeting? There's a reason that he's falling. They're not saved. And, and the church is bringing that into the church. Seeing, let's go over a song that you'll hear at the river. Like the woman with the issue of blood. I'm not the woman with the issue of blood. That's a great song if you're a heathen. Don't shout me down, all you river people. I, I thought you were full of God. Well, you, you're trying to get a hold of the hem of the garment, and you are the garment? I mean, you want to get a hold of God? I'm trying to do, I'm dealing with a mindset here that we're, we're, we're conducting church. I mean, I'm watching video of a church service where there's a thousand people trying to have a visitation from a God who lives on the inside of them. He can't get any kumbaya and he's going, oh, I'm inside. He can't get any closer to you. Maybe we need to learn how to get our attention off the world and focus on what he did. We're not waiting on him to move. Don't you ever get, I'm desperate for you. Now there are times, and I'm married and there are times when I'm talking to Lisa and she's not listening. Now, nobody in here has ever experienced that being married. I understand that. And I'm walking around the house and I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm going, she's on the phone going, yeah, dear, yeah, dear, yeah, dear. And I'm like, I think sometimes God is talking to you, you're just not listening. You don't need a visitation. You just need to slow down and listen to what he's saying. I'm doing pretty good. And I'm not really preaching to Lisa, but it does help her a little bit. No, she knows what I'm talking about. We both have done this. We've all done this. Say, I am a revival. See, see listen, I've been to Venezuela. I've preached in over 20 nations. I've been in Venezuela where, where people slither down the, the aisle on their belly with their tongue going. That's called a demon. And I just reach over real calmly and cast it out. Uh, stand them up. 
Come out in Jesus' name. Set them down there. Pray the sinner's prayer with them. Get them filled with the Holy Ghost. And get that snake out of them. Don't, that's a move of God. I, 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 I've been in places where cast out devils, raised the dead. I mean, a guy died next to me in India. He dropped over dead. Dead. Died. Got cold like a chicken out of the freezer. And God said, tell him to come back. And I hit him in the chest and said, come back in Jesus' name. And he opened his eyes and said, I don't feel good. And I said, no joke. Say, I'm, I'm a move of God. I didn't get down there and go, oh, God. Oh, God. He'd be dead today. Why am I doing this? I'm not picking on worshipers. I'm, I'm picking on you getting involved in something that's going to do nothing but take you to defeat. You're going to get in a mess and you're always going to be defeated waiting on trying to get God. Oh, God, come to our church. Oh, God, come to our church. Well, come in. I'm here. Is that arrogance or is it? No, it's not. Jesus knew who he was. Do you know who you are? All right. Do you, I mean, you really want to move a God? Go preach. He'll move. Um, I'm, am I against ca- corporate gatherings? No, no. I, I go to Louisiana and go to Holy Ghost meetings, and I'm not there looking for him. I'm, here's what I'm doing. I need a time to focus on him and get it off this church. I need, to, I need to quit focusing on building the house. I need to quit focusing on the church. And I need, I, need, I need to get my focus on the Lord. And so sometimes I separate. I get in a meeting where they're worshiping God. And I'm there to draw nigh to God. What's wrong with draw nigh to God and he, I might, I might not pray about it a long time and maybe I'll come. You know how many books are written about revivals where they're, where they're in a, on their face and a floor crying for weeks on end to get God to come? Not in my Bible school. <laughs> okay. Moving right along. 2 Timothy 1.6. Stir up. What? The What? Where is the gift? Stir it up. Now, i got to tell you all a story. Now, here's where it began for me. What I'm going to tell you right now was when I had gotten caught up in a defeated mentality and didn't know I had done it. Now, I mean, you can go to Ramah and get out of faith. Now, I know that y'all don't believe that, but I did it. So I'm going to tell you a story right now. Y'all ready? Because I need you to get ready. You look like a, say, I'm ready. When I first took this church, I mean, we had the gifts of the Spirit all the time. I mean, every Sunday, 
someone getting healed, filled with the Holy Ghost, delivered, born again. I mean, it was common as rocks on the beach in California. It was just everywhere. And then there was a time it stopped. And I went to God and I went, what did you do? Notice my prayer. And I began to pray for God. God. <laughs> There's more than one O in that. God. <laughs> to restore to me <laughs> the gifts of the Holy Ghost. I was desperate. I prayed for over a year for a return of the gifts. Nothing happened. I am like, what is up with you? You ever try to make God do something? I begged him. I fasted. I prayed. I did everything I knew to do. And then a few things I shouldn't. You know, I did everything. I read books on Paul Youngie Cho, T.L. Osborne, Dr. Hagen. I read every book, prayed every prayer. Nothing. I know none of y'all have ever done this. I'm talking about me. So Mary friend comes along and she gives me a word. I see you with a group of men riding motorcycles in the mountains. And I'm going, well, sure, Mary friend, I'm going up there with Lynn Mink. So Lisa and I loaded up our Honda VTX, trailered it, and took it off to Blowing Rock. We get out at Blowing Rock, and, and Lynn Mink is there. And y'all know who I'm talking about. Well, we're talking about the Rama dogs, the we're talking the, the, the collies, the shepherds. We're talking about Mylon Lefevre. We're talking about the big dogs. So this, and, and we're there. Y'all don't appreciate any of this. And so we unload the bike, and we're all gathered out there in our chariots, a light motorcycle gear, and our helmets, and our leathers. Look like something right out of heaven. And, 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 and so Lynn Mink starts praying over our week. Oh, God. And then all of a sudden he comes out with tongues. And then he says, Pastor Morgan, you have the interpretation. And I bowed my head and I said, no, I do not either. No, this is not right. I've been praying about this for one solid year, and you have embarrassed the absolute slap fool out of me right now. And you know good and well I've been praying about the gifts of the Spirit, and you know good and well I don't have no interpretation. I am in a fight with God right now. I am mad at God, and this, this guy is embarrassing me in front of everybody. Say, God is cool. And out of faith, I lifted my hands and the interpretation came. And I went, oh, my God, thank you, Jesus. That, that, fact, that kind of felt good. I thought, God, and then I bowed my head again when I got done. I said, don't you ever do that again. <laughs> you tell him to call someone else next time because I don't want to remember. That was a pure luck. It's quiet in this Wonderful church. <laughs> well, we go out to dinner that night and have pizza. You know what faith people do when they go out to eat? They eat like pigs. We don't smoke dope. We don't chase wild women, but we eat like pigs. So anyway, we're out eating pizza, and we're sitting in the back, and Lynn Mink is up in the front of the restaurant, and I'm in the back of the restaurant. 
because you know I've cooled off and God don't answer my prayers anymore anyway. So come on, y'all. I mean, one of us got to confess our sins to one another so we can be healed. And so I'm, so I'm in the back, and he comes out with his tongue. Habba, baba, shaba, shaba, haba, laba. And he said, Pastor Morgan, you got it again. And I'm back in the back, and I ducked my head, and I said, don't you do that to me again. No, God, no, you know good and well what we've been talking about for one solid year. This is not right. I mean, that, I mean this is a 60-second prayer of desperation. But I'm in, you're embarrassing me. In front of the big dogs. I mean, you don't want to fail in front of the big dogs. Because we're faith people. We look cool when we ain't. We don't talk about defeat even though we feel like a thousand miles of unpaved road. We don't talk defeat. And I lifted up my voice one more time and it came out. And I was shocked more than they was because it was really God. <laughs> I was like, that was pretty good. And then I bowed my head again. I said, don't. This is not, God, what are you doing? And it happened a third time. At the end of the third tongues and interpretation, God said, the problem is you're not using what I gave you. You let it go. Are you all out there? What you don't use, you lose. He's waiting on me. And I left that there going, I just had an encounter with God. Are y'all getting this? Are y'all getting this? I started realizing that's not the only area I'm doing this in. I've gotten caught up in the rest of the charismatics waiting on God. Wait a minute. Is he in me? Has he given me all things that pertain to life and godliness? Has he blessed me with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus? Romans 10 says, do not say who will go to heaven and bring him down. And yet that's the way American churches are praying. And even charismatic faith and word, tongue talking, assembly of God, church of God, and Holy Ghost churches are still praying this way. It's wrong. Folks, it's wrong. I know the songs you're listening to, they're cute. They're catchy. They're deadly. Father, visit us. He's going, I can't. I visited you. I'm living on the inside of you, cowboy. When are you going to do something with what I gave you? Why don't you press forward towards the mark of the prize of the high call of God? When I come into a church service, I'm not in here waiting on God to show up. I'm going to press in. I'm putting my focus on him. I'm going I'm to enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Let's, let's talk about being filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Don't, don't, don't do this desperate thing with me. I don't. I don't want to hear it. Man, I have plowed up everybody's field. It needed to be plowed up. Ephesians 5.18. Are you all ready for this? 
Don't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. How? Speaking to one another, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, and give thanks always for all things to God in, in, in the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, and submit to one another the fear of God. When, when is a move of God begin? When you turn your affections to him and decide to spend time with him and worship him and give him glory and build yourself up on your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Ghost. If he's, if he's not near you, someone moved and it isn't him. Amen. It's a very subtle thing. To get into defeat, I fight all battles from victory. I am blessed. I am healed. I'm anointed and I am forgiven and I am washed in the blood of Jesus. Now that's where we're starting this fight. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? If you'll do this, you'll see God move. But she's going to move. Peter said, what I have, I'm going to give you some. Man, how I want a church full of people who walk through Walmart and go, I got something I want to give you. I got some joy and I'm going to rub it all over you right now. Hallelujah. I got to tell you the world famous Winn-Dixie story now. It's funny, and some of y'all hadn't heard it, and I want to tell it again because I want to hear it again. Yeah. One Sunday morning, we're in here having church as usual, and at the end of the service, the music's playing, and I gave out a word. There's someone in the building out of fellowship with God, wanting to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I said, if you, you raise your hand, and nobody raised their hand. Which means that I'm a false prophet. <laughs> Not really. And so I said it again, because I've seen them do it on TV. They always do it three times. If that is you, as we play one more stanza, as just as I am. Nobody lifted their hand. So we close the service down, and Lisa looks at me and says, Honey, on the way home, would you stop at Winn-Dixie and pick up a few items? I said, I will do that. So I walk into Winn-Dixie, and there's a lady in Winn-Dixie. And I'm walking over between the tomatoes and the potatoes. And she said, oh, pastor, that was me. I was so embarrassed. I knew you were going to call me up there, and I was probably going to fall out. And I didn't want to do that. And I said, honey, we have carpet. She goes, I know. So here's my question. Why are you telling me now? She thinks I'm bothered by the potatoes and tomatoes. I'm not. So after she tells me about her whole backslidden condition, I said, are you ready to get right with God? And she goes, here? We missed church. I mean, she, and I got her. She's, she's backed up against the potatoes. She's not going anywhere. 
And I grabbed her hand, and the Bible says, compel them to come in. In the Greek, that means make them. I grabbed her hand, and I said, let's pray. And we prayed, and she prayed a beautiful prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, that was me. Please forgive my sins and wash me, and I'm coming home to Jesus. And I said, and I want you to pray that God would fill you with the Holy Ghost. She said, oh, God, now fill me with the Holy Ghost. And I believe I can speak in tongues. And then I said, lift your hands. And I laid hands on her, and out she goes. Tile floor, Winn-Dixie, speaking in tongues. And I looked at her and I said, we had carpet. <laughs> I had to tell that story. That's so sweet. I mean, I just, someone gives an altar call in church. So what do you think people are walking by and they're, they're getting their, their tomatoes and they're going, I wonder what language that is. Is that Spanish? I got to tell you another one. I got to tell you. I'm just, I got time so I can tell you stories. When I went into the doctor, they wanted to hit me with a fibrillator. Y'all know what that is when they want to knock my heart back. So they knocked me out. They didn't knock my spirit man out. So anyway, when I came back out from under anesthesia, he said, are you Spanish? I said, no. He said, do you speak Spanish? I said, oh, poquito. I can get taco lengua con cilantro and salsa verde and baño, baño, baño. I know a little. I can get to the bathroom and get a cup of coffee, but I don't know a lot. <laughs> and he said, well, the whole time you were out, you were talking a language. He said, you were rattling off something. He says, most people don't say anything. See, they can't sedate your spirit. I said, well, all you knocked out was my head. You didn't knock my heart out. I said, I, he said, what was that? I said, you'd take me, nah. <laughs> Laying on the table, I knocked unconscious, praying out loud in tongues. Boy, that's sweet. I mean, my spirit's going, don't do it. <laughs> Say, God, God, in me. Let's change the way we think. Yes. I, I'm, I'm not a, worship services, yes. Corporate meetings, yes. But change the way you enter. Change the way you think. When you're in need of something, you're not going into the throne room trying to talk God into doing something he doesn't want to do. Change the way you think. He said, ask me. You're entering in to ask him for something he's already promised you. You're going in knowing that he's going to give you the things that you're asking for. Prayer is a wonderful time. Worship is a wonderful time. But at no point are you hungry and desperate for God. Trying to get God to come. You're not defeated. You're not sick. Trying to get healed. You're the healed. That's mine. Get off me, Satan. No, you can't have. That is bought by the blood. It is mine in the name of Jesus. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? You, you, listen, if you don't watch it, you'll start singing all those songs. And you'll wonder why in the world God is no longer moving in your life. Let me read a couple things I got on page two. 
Some of y'all never watched Rush Limbaugh at all, do you? Stop trying to get God to come to you. Stop saying, I'm sick, I need him to come heal me. Stop saying, I'm empty, I need God once again to fill me with the Holy Ghost. Do not stand on the street corner for money. If you are broke and they kicked you out of your house, there's nothing wrong with a cup for a day or two. But after you, you, you can make a hundred bucks on the street corner. I'm not telling you that's a job description, teenagers. You listen to me. And after they fill your cup, you get you a hotel room, you get you a good night's sleep, take a bath, go out and buy you some new clothes and head straight to the burger fry place and get you a job. That's where money comes from. There may come a meeting you need to get in where the Holy Ghost is falling and you're empty. I'm not against it. But you ought to be preaching those meetings. When you get up out of that meeting, you go get you a suit of clothes. You get back full of God again and you get back into church and you get full of God and you stay full of God. And you get to the place where you are Peter. So that any time that God wants to use you, some sick, poor, broke down old guy, you can stop and help him out and say, what I have. Are you all out there as you go home? God is waiting on his church. We're not waiting on God. The Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it. Whatever desire when you pray, believe you, take it. I think I'm done. Say, I am a move of God. Now, starting right now, get God inside-minded. No, you can't feel him. I know you think, oh, he's here. No, you, no, no. No, he's been here. You just now recognized it. Do you feel him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know I'm picking on you. You can't feel your spirit. You can't see your spirit. You can't touch your spirit. You wouldn't even know you were a spirit if you didn't have a Bible. You can't see God. You can't feel God. You can't smell God. He's a spirit, and you're full of the same spirit that raised Jesus from hell, but you're waiting to feel it. You would feel it if you would acknowledge it by faith. God lives in me. Now, I'm going to tell you another story because I have six minutes. And then we're going to turn young lady loose. I used to go to the Bahamas to preach the gospel, and there's a boy there. I told you this story one time, and they dug him off the bottom of the ocean, and uh, he drowned. And he's about that tall. He's just a little guy, about 10 years old. They drowned, and they got him out, pumped all the water out of him, resuscitated him. But when they got him back, he was, he, his, half his body was paralyzed. So he comes up in the altar that night to get born again. I thought, man, a little late, but thank God they saved you. And so he comes up and he talks to me like, cool. And I said, what's wrong? He said, well, I'm the boy that drowned. I drowned. And they'd raise me up from the worst part of the ocean. And I was a wish he'd grieve with. 
I said, well, you can receive Jesus. And he prayed. Both sides. Amen. I'm joking. I'm messing around. And I just laid hands on him. I mean, folks, I feel about as spiritual as, well, whatever. And I kind of did it because it's protocol. God heal this boy in Jesus' name. And I left. About two years later, I'm back in the island, not really thinking a lot about it. And this is a six-foot black boy walks up to me, and he says, do you remember me? I said, well, not really. He said, do you remember the kid that drowned? I said, yeah. I said, you've gotten taller. He said, I got healed. I said, when did that happen? He said, when you prayed for me. Wow, that's pretty cool. Where is God? I felt nothing. He didn't even fall out. Be healed. Bye. Say, God, in me, the hope of glory. It's amazing what happens to a church. Paul's revelation, Christ inside me. Wow. Is there anything he can't do? Is there anything you can't do? Say, wow. Say it backwards. That's pretty good. Do you all see why I preach this? Do you understand how subtle that is? Stay in faith. Fight all victories from faith. Never move off of what Jesus did for you for the rest of your life. Whether you feel it or you don't feel it. Whether you feel forgiven or you don't feel forgiven. Doesn't matter. You want to feel something? Focus on Jesus and draw into his presence. And then with the feelings come and the feelings will go. But don't base anything on the feeling. Amen. Father God, right now, and Lisa comes up here in a minute, and, and, and then we turn Vena loose. I pray this church would uh, vote righteously in this coming election. I ask you, there's probably people in here right now that have been praying and, and not getting an answer. And today, they got their answer that they answered. you've already answered them. And for them to go back into the throne room with the answer instead of the problem, realizing that uh, you'd rather hear us read your word to you and start off this fight from victory. And Father God, everybody in here that's been dealing with this, I ask you right now to take this message so that they'll go home and go, wow. I found out something today. I've been, I've been on the other end waiting on God, and I didn't realize he's always been right there with me. And as we acknowledge that, we'll walk in the light of this. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to give this to you, and this young lady wants to have a few minutes. She's got you, young lady. Do you all care if I go to the door? If you don't want to hug, go out the right door. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. 
Thank you and have a blessed day.